When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! Rivers gives to Strolls, angling left, has room, 15, 10, 5, jackpot! He got it! He got it! He got it! Touchdown, Antonio Gates! 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out, I'd just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Hey, welcome to Score More. Garrett Sister here messing with the microphone, of course, because i got to slide in, move up the mic, talk into it. Not always as smooth as the transitions, but I'm not re-recording it. One shot, baby. Right, Eddie? 69, dudes! Okay. Uh, All right, so we're here. Chargers lost, but the one golden rule of Score More, good vibes. Right, Score Morons? Only good vibes. Now, I might be making fun of something, but at least I'm having fun doing it. So today, good vibes. Not so much negative vibes. So spotlight, not light, which might turn into two not lights. Maybe a, hey man, what are you doing? And something completely different. So we'll get all into all that. Got the AFC West. We'll break down the AFC, NFC, all the games that happened this weekend. Give you a little quick little recap like we do with my favorite little clips from each game. We'll do that coming up a little bit later. But right now, I want to do something different. So talking Chargers is fun. Talking football is fun. But fun is funner. So let's have some fun. And I've been thinking about now. I know Family Guy has a uh, grind my gears thing that's been done a million and a half times. So I would rather do something that isn't really in that negative vein, but something that I want to bring back. Something that I feel like has gone away, but it was fun while I was here, and I feel like we should revamp it. And for me, I was just thinking about this because of what happened in the Charger game. We had a player walk through the Chargers huddle, little scuffle. There's been a couple fights uh, in the NFL pregame. But for the Chargers... You know, Cowboys did it. And so I was thinking about all the fun bad guys in kids' movies. Why'd that go away? I'm not saying, hey, let's bully kids more because let's not do that. But what I'm saying is, what happened to those bullies in those 80s and 90s movies, those kids' movies? Those were the best. There was no better feeling than when the bully in those movies got his comeuppance. Comeuppance. Comeuppance? What am I, 100? That's a word. Yeah, comeuppance. When they when the protagonist got their revenge on the bully, that's no greater feeling. You know, add adventure, mystery, put in a map where you got to search for some kind of old-timey treasure. All great. But it doesn't work unless you're fighting against something. And that's where you need those bullies in kids' movies. Bad guys are crucial. Bullies in kids' movies? Very fun. 
especially when they get their comeuppance, which is a word I'm afraid I'm going to have to wipe from my vocabulary. But whatever happened to that? They had a huge run, and it was a lot of fun to watch. So I'm not talking about just bad guys in kids' movies. I'm talking about those little kids who are bullying other little kids in those movies. So while I was thinking about it, here's my top five bullies in kids' movies. Number five, Regina George, the leader of the Plastics. Queen Bee is spoiled, gains superiority in school just by making other kids feel inferior. She uses her looks to prey on others' insecurities. Regina got this way because of her parents and their overly hands-off approach. We saw it all throughout the movie. They let her get away with everything, and now she's trying to insert power onto her classmates. The burn book reveal was peak Regina George in her villain era. A different type of bully, not the one that's going to beat you up physically, but definitely going to beat you down emotionally. Oh! Do you know what everyone says about you? They say that you're a homeschooled jungle freak who's a less hot version of me. Yeah. So don't try to act so innocent. You can take that fake apology and shove it right up your hairy... Number four. Not only is this one probably the best-looking bully in a kid's movie, but also maybe the best villain slash bully name, which is Scut Farkas from The Christmas Story. Scut gets the nod for the best-looking villain. He was the perfect cast. And those yellow eyes, as Grover Dill's leader and boss, Scut was a real weasel. We don't get a lot of backstory on Scut, but what we do know is he wants to torture Ralphie, Ralphie's brother, and his friends. He's chasing Ralphie's crew all throughout the movie, beats them up, makes them say uncle, which was a real power move back in the day. Say uncle! 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 But Scut's toady Grover Dill, also a great cast. They made a real rotten duo in that movie. Scut Farkas, number four, Kid Bully on my list. <laughs> Number three, Draco Malfoy, Harry Potter. I think my name was funny, do you? I've no need to ask you yours. Red hair and a hand-me-down robe. You must be a Weasley. This son of a Death Eater and Slytherin pure blood was evil from the start. Draco was spoiled by his parents, always hid behind his prominent parents whenever he got in trouble. He was always fighting for pure bloods. He had it in for Harry, Ron, and Hermione from the second they got into Hogwarts. He always spit venomous retorts at Harry. Training for the ballet, Potter! Always trying to double-cross him every chance he gets, and he almost got Hagrid's hippogriff killed. Shout out to Buckbeak. They're able to save him later, though. From his white hair to his tone... In Dark Disposition and Slytherin, Draco Malfoy was a great bad guy in the Harry Potter universe. And my number three, Bully. Reading? Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could read. Number two, Johnny Lawrence from Karate Kid. Throw Cobra Kai out. That's a totally different universe. We're talking straight Karate Kid. Johnny Lawrence was a trouble rich kid from the Valley, and he was just a straight bully. Not only does Johnny beat up Daniel before Mr. Miyagi can save him, and cheat in the All-Valley Karate Championship, but he also tries to squash any chance Daniel LaRusso has at Allie with an eye. Allie clearly wants nothing to do with him, as she showed on the beach, pushing him away, but of course he was taught to show no mercy. Johnny was fueled by jealousy and the combo of being a troubled kid and then being mentored by a sociopath like Kreese in the Cobra Kai gym. 
Easy, number two kid bully for me, Johnny Lawrence. You couldn't leave well enough alone. Could you, little twerp? No, you had to push it. Well, now you're gonna pay. Number one, really, really good name too. Not as good as Scut Farkas, but Biff from Back to the Future. Now, Biff had some sick one-liners, but he's number one because he caused some generational family trauma. Not only did he try to take out McFly's family and steal Lorraine, he created a monster in Griff, his grandson, which clearly passed on to multiple generations. You could even trace it back in Biff's family to his great-granddad, Buford Tannen, in the 19th century, which we saw in Back to the Future 3. But Biff continues to cycle. Not only was he just an outright bully, he was passive-aggressive, he was a manipulator, and he is your number one. Ball! Yeah! Is this your ball? Yeah! Is this your ball? You want it back? Yeah! Go get it! <laughs> and maybe you're going, hey, listen, Biff is probably a teenager. Would you consider him a kid? Is Back to the Future and Harry Potter a kid movie? Yes, man. Yes. Mean Girls, is that a kid movie? Yeah. Any teen and below is a kid movie. All right, grow up. That's your top five. Go argue with the other side of the doorknob. Now, moving on to our spotlight. We got a question. I believe it was on TLO Roundtable last week, the week before. It might have been on After Hours. But people want to know about Austin Johnson and how he was doing this season. And while I know that the O-line and the D-line don't get a lot of love, I want to give Austin Johnson a little love today. He's going to be my spotlight. I'm going to show you three plays, all of which happened in the run game that were really impressive from Austin Johnson. Sebastian Joseph Day left this game early, came back late in the game, but Johnson had to carry the load. And with the extended snaps, he played really good. So I'm going to show you three plays where Austin Johnson did really good in the run game. First up here, right in the middle of your line, he's going to go up against the center, get locked up for a little, but as soon as Pollard breaks through that gap, Austin Johnson disengages, gets the tackle. Eric Kendra's tackle's low. Pollard got a couple yards on this, but nice tackle, short gain for the Cowboys, and nice job by Austin Johnson in the run game here with some help from Kendricks. The next two here are actually back-to-back -back plays. It's a tie game. We're late in the third quarter. Two great run stops by Austin Johnson here. First up, he's next to Sebastian Joseph Day, who returned this game. They're playing right next to each other. Takes on the double team. As soon as they break, he wraps up Tony Pollard at the line of scrimmage. Brings him down. Kendrick's there low again. But a nice play by Austin Johnson to get some push. Slant inside. Create a wall in that running lane. And a nice tackle for a minimal gain. Play right after it. This is my favorite. Quick off the line here from Austin Johnson. He goes right outside of the center's right shoulder. Swims right past. Gets the run stop. Him and Kenneth Murray meet in the backfield. Tackle for a loss. Good play by Kenneth Murray. I know they wanted to feature him on the telecast, but you got to look at Austin Johnson here too. He's the one who gets there first. Gets him low. Kenneth Murray's there too. Nice little combo tackle, but Austin Johnson is the man right here. Swims right by. Gets Tony Pollard right away. So shout out Austin Johnson from the game on Monday. I thought the run game did pretty good. I think there was a lot of things that they'll have to clean up, obviously, going into Kansas City. But the run game did pretty good on Monday. Now, you're not light. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because who wants to revisit this? But this is two not lights back-to-back -back on the same exact play. 
So first of all, incredible double move by Keenan Allen. Nice little pump by Justin Herbert to get the corner to freeze. But man, what a bad miss on a drive. The Chargers needed it. Just overthrows Keenan Allen, and he just looks defeated there. Keenan does. He knew he had him. Justin Herbert knows he had him. So that was the not light. Also, in this play, look at Deron Bland, number 26, who's got Keenan Allen in coverage. Here he is. He gets so tripped up. He does a cartwheel <laughs> out of bounds. Trips, falls, stumbles. Whoa! Little somersault out of bounds. That's how bad Keenan Allen shook him. And that's Bland with his eyes in the backfield going, uh-oh. He's gone past me. It <laughs> does a somersault. That is your not light. Justin Herbert, bad miss there. We've all seen it. I'm sure it's been all over Twitter, too. I haven't seen it, but got to be my not light this week. But also, Deron Bland doing a somersault there in coverage. All right, and now it's time for our, hey, man, what are you doing? And today, it comes from Shannon Sharp. He's got a show with Ocho Cinco, I guess. Uh, I've just seen this on the timeline. It must be new, but they start talking about, this is a clip from that show. They start talking about the exotic animals they've eaten before. And it just seems like a normal conversation, some interesting animals. And then Shannon Sharp goes completely sideways on it. Just check it out. Is there any exotic animals you tried? I eat everything. I eat all animals. I, I don't care what it is. You ever had raccoon? I caught one before. No, have you ever eaten it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Possum? Po nah, I ain't, ain't, ain't no possum. Them, them they don't play. Oh, <laughs> what, what about squirrel? I had a little squirrel before. Squirrel tastes like chicken. Turtle? Turtle? Yeah. I, I had a little snapping turtle. I had a little, little kangaroo, little crocodile. Frog legs. You had frog legs? Oh, yeah, we had frog, yeah, yeah, frog I've legs. Yeah, I've tried that. Um, chocolate ants. You had chocolate ants? Mm-mm. No? Oh, man, that's a, that's a delicacy right there. There's a delicacy down in the South. We're going to bleep this out, but I'm going to say what it is. We're going to bleep this out Go later. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Bull dick and onions. Nick, what? <laughs> Ocho Cinco said it right. <laughs> hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> what are we doing on this show? Oh, man. I've been in the South. I've seen that on the menu. I'm not eating it either. <laughs> Ocho's reaction was great. Good timing, too. All right. Well, after that, let's move on to the breakdown of all the games that happened Sunday. The big news right now is somehow, some way, the NFL let the Chiefs get Frank Clark back and McCole Hardman. You can't keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it. The Ravens beat the Titans, but all the excitement happened after the game, according to Marlon Humphrey. On his show, he's got a show too. Listen to this story. Bro, did you see the post game? Was that did that get I don't think that got got out. I don't think what why what happened? Dude, I'm sitting there after the game. A jersey swapped with a dude. So, like, it took me a while. So, I'm, like, taking my jersey off, and, like, I saw Jeffrey Simmons. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he's looking like this. 
Helmet on. Helmet on. Helmet on. I'm like, oh, he must got like family on the on the on our team or something. <laughs> He's still just looking. So like I'm over trying to take the jersey on my pads. He's just and then I walk up to him, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, he oh, he wants to show me love. Like, he, he respects my game. So I'm like, yeah, bro. And like he he wasn't. Like, I really just went up to him. He wasn't waiting on me either. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, go holler at somebody. And then as I'm my back's turned to him, our guy goes, Rodney, Rodney. <laughs> starts yelling, Rodney's our security's name. And I'm like, anytime you start yelling security, like, Rodney, Rodney, like Freaking out. I turn around. Odell and Jeffrey are like fighting. No way. Bro, I'm pretty sure Odell's grabbing his face mask. Like, like they had to get separated and everything. I don't know how this has not hit like That's the media. Crazy. Dude, he wanted the fade from getting that PI at Odell. He wanted the, the fade. The Falcons lost to the commanders, but they still have the best clips in the league with this overhead view. Clayus Campbell sack. I have no clip, but here's your best review of the Bears and Vikings, according to Game Face Sports 88. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. You want to see me do it again? Now it's my turn. Fails again for the gun. Let me see every pass. Get your fat ass back here. Mission failed. We'll get him next time. So we're in copper. You can't do that. Bengals win over the Seahawks. I couldn't breathe, bro. I'm coming back to the huddle. You good? You good, brother? Shake it off. Earn it, boy. And both undefeated teams got beat by backup quarterbacks. The Browns beat the 49ers. Jets beat the Eagles. The Lions blew up the Bucks. Mac Jones and the Patriots throw one away to the Raiders. Speaking of interceptions, C.J. Stroud threw his first career interception, but got it right back and then beat the Saints. The Bills shake off the Giants. And the Rams, Ray Mysterio is a Rams fan? The dude who's got a move called 619, the dude from San Diego, he's a Rams fan? Okay. So let's look at the NFC. There you have it. 49ers and Eagles are now 5-1 and because they both lost. But the Lions, also 5-1, and one, doing very good. 
Cowboys four and two. You got the Seahawks and the Buccaneers at three and two. A lot of bad teams, some really bad teams in the Bears, Giants, and Cardinals, and the worst team, the Carolina Panthers. Moving on to the AFC. Of course, Chiefs and Dolphins, five and one. They're atop the AFC. You've got Ravens, Jaguars, and Bills all at four and two. A bunch of three and two and three and three teams. You see the Chargers kind of getting knocked down there because they had their early bye. Then it goes Titans and the Patriots and Broncos, one and five. In terms of the AFC West, you got the Chiefs in first. Again, Raiders are three and three. Chargers are two and three because they took that early bye. So they're technically in third. Broncos, one and five, just crumbling. And that's your AFC West. All right. That does it for me. Thanks so much. We're done. That was kind of fun, right? You're thinking, I don't want to watch a Chargers podcast. Why do I want to do that? That wasn't a fun game on Monday, but score more is fun. Chargers football is fun. Having fun is funner. So let's have fun. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us. Do all the things. I appreciate you. Thanks for joining me on a Thursday. I will see you next Tuesday. And let's just hope the Chargers score more on Sunday.